The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. It's the Cigar Authority After Show, and it's brought to you by Roma Craft Tobacco. Since 2010, Mike Rosales and Skip Martin have focused on the simple and time-honored task of combining quality tobacco, experienced craftsmen, and the right amount of time to bring you cigars worthy of the legacy of the centuries of premium cigar craftsmen that came before them. Whether you are revisiting the anti-prohibition era mindset of intemperance or getting in touch with your more primal side with a Cro-Magnon and Neanderthal, you are sure to find a blend in the Romacraft house of brands that fits the exact balance of flavor, strength, and body you are looking for in that moment. When you're finally able to take a short break from the world to relax and enjoy a cigar, the last thing you need is a complicated sales pitch. Simple, yet substantial. Tobacco, talent, time. Romacraft Tobacco. The After Show. The, the after, after Show. It's the After Show, everybody. The show after the regular show. Last week, we were talking about should you buy, uh, what does it cost you to get into the cigar industry right. and open a store? And after the show, somebody said to me, what about buying an existing cigar shop? I said, isn't that interesting? That could be a whole show, or we can certainly throw it on the after show. So just for the hell of it, we, we did a clubhouse where we uh, talked about it with, with our audience and stuff and oh, got into it. Ed it, Sullivan, it was precious. Really? Yeah, uh, a certain somebody, and I'm not going to mention Dave by name. Right. Uh, struggles with technology. Mm-hmm. So he knew enough to have his daughter close at hand, but he did not yeah. know enough not to go live 37 minutes early. So I got a new phone. Yeah. And everything was all messed up, and we haven't gone in the clubhouse in quite a while. So I said, let me go early just to make sure everything works. So then I'll get back off, and then I'll make sure. Uh, you know, the headphones work and all the stuff. And good thing I did because nothing worked. Right. Every, the, the little earbuds weren't set up. But I know better than to not be sitting there an hour early. So yeah. I'm sitting there an hour early with 37 minutes left to go. The computer goes, bloop, bloop. David Garofalo <laughs> just started the room. I'm like, you've got to be kidding and me. And then 10, 20, 30, 40 Oh, people, yeah. People I'm, jump in. I'm looking at it. I go, ah, ah. I, I think and I you can't started. say anything. So yeah. I'm, I'm communicating with the audience. Listen. It's Dave's new phone. He's mm-hmm. struggling with the technology. Gianna jumped into the chat room and said, we'll be right with you. Uh-huh. And we filled we filled the time. So it was a shit show. So mm. we, we not only did the hour-long uh, Cigar Power Hour, we did 30 minutes beforehand and probably 15 minutes At after. At least, yeah. So it ended up being two hours. Uh, and here we are going to try to cram it into 20 minutes or so. Um, but buying an existing cigar shop versus starting a new cigar shop from scratch. And boy, I'll tell you, after the two hours, I, I completely turned my mind. I think I've been doing it wrong this whole time. You should buy an existing? Absolutely. Yeah. Because I told you, it takes three years just to break even. Mm-hmm. Then you're starting to make halfway decent. Ten years into it, right? I was like, okay, I, I could have made minimum wage so, at this point. Yeah. If you buy one that's making a little bit of money, you're a little bit ahead, I guess. But yeah. there's there, there's also things to be considered. And, and the term that was thrown around on the clubhouse call was due diligence. And that, that checks an awful lot of the boxes from uh, checking on the industry market trends in that area that you're looking at the cigar shop. How many cigar smokers do you have? Is that shop a center of influence or is it just on the periphery of influence and people are not being driven yeah, over to it. Certainly, you'd be looking. At, if you're buying anything, you're going to do a better job with it 
after you you get it, right? You you're not looking at the store and say, "Boy, this is run terribly. I'm going to buy it and run it just as terrible and hopefully True. make more money," right? So y'all go, y'all coming in full of piss and vinegar and you're saying, "Okay, I'm going to end up uh rocking this thing." Maybe it's a cigar store that you hang out at or maybe it's the one you don't hang out at because they don't do such a good job mm-hmm. and you know what's going to end up ho- hopefully uh what's going to turn it around. Um, reasons to buy an existing business, establish brand reputation. They already have a reputation. It could be good or bad. It could be good or bad. Oh my God. They have a good reputation and the guy wants to retire or they got a bad reputation and they've been bleeding out. Either could have their possible good things. And that comes up in the due diligence when you ask the person that's selling the business why they're selling it. And you may have to read between the lines right. a little bit. But the, Tell me the truth. Right? right. There's a host of reasons why they may want to sell it. They, they could be looking at another opportunities. Maybe they want to start a different business. They no longer have a passion about cigars. The requirements of the cigar shop are greater than what their abilities are, and they've only been able to hang on for a little while. So here's a, here's a good reason why you want to buy the failing cigar store. You're buying low. The price is going to be really sure. low because it's going to be based on some sort of mathematical, for instance... Um, two and a half times sales, um, two and a half times profit. I'm sorry, two and a half times profit. So the guy struggles and he's making $30,000 a year. You got it for $75,000 or something. You got this business and you know you can turn this thing around and turn it into $75,000 in the first year if you give them good customer service or whatever. You buy an existing business that's doing really good, how much can you possibly grow this thing Mm -hmm. further than it is now? But I'm telling you, $175,000 on the low end to open the store, set up for success in the uh, here you're gonna buy this cigar guy cigar store for a hundred thousand dollars or whatever it is. It's already got a computer system, it's already got a counters, it already got shelves, it already got the maybe things that you're gonna work on it, but sure. it's operating today. Right. Licenses, uh all the bullshit that uh is gone. You get immediate cash flow the day you open that door, you ring up the first sale. There's a sale going on. You have tangible assets, which is the equipment, the inventory, uh, possibly even the real estate. If you're, you're buying the cigar shop from him, let's assume he owns it. You could say, I want to buy a business from you. And in five years, at this price, I want to buy the biz, the building. Great. Or I don't even have much money. I want to buy your business. I want you to be the bank also. That's how I bought my first business. The guy that owned it was the bank for a year, and I paid him weekly, and I said, if I don't pay, you can uh, take it over. Hmm. Um, you have a already experienced workforce. There's people that work there already, so that's another thing. Right, now, saves all the hiring. Now, yeah. you, they may not be good people, but Correct. at least you can assess Operate it. Operate day one, yeah. and you can, you can move it from there. There is a thing about people that have bad habits. It's hard to break their bad habits. There's a reason why this guy's selling because business is down so much, but maybe he's just retiring and everything's good. He knows the customers that come in the store and he, hey, Bill, when the guy comes in and stuff and here you are going to be, I don't even know this guy. Uh, I imagine you're going to deal with some ugliness at the beginning of we're going to not allow that. But I did buy, I was thinking to myself, I never bought an existing store, but I bought my franchisee out. Right. So Roy had a store and 
I turned that store, I tripled that business over a three-year term. Uh, and guess what? He stayed on board. I bought him out and made him the manager of the mm-hmm. store. So the only thing that changed really is the back end, but then putting the right product in and all, all the things I ended up doing. But I got a whole bunch more. But right now, we got to make some beautiful music with Avo Cigars. From moments worth remembering to stories worth telling and notes worth savoring, Avo Cigars. Lyrics of top charted songs. Can you guess the name of the song and the artist? No. From the wrong lyrics or even the right ones? Avo Cigars. Now that we have our new toy here, oh uh, you guys can make sure your button is turned oh on the on yeah, switch. We, we, we pre-tested, so we should be good. Okay, so everybody's good. All right, I am going to say the misheard lyric. If you um, end up clicking in first, you get to go first. If you fail, the other person can answer that question, then we'll go on to the correct misheard lyric. Or more than likely, we both fail. Right, because he picks ones that are just so obscure, yeah. no one has ever heard of them, like the Go-Go's. And if you do click on it and you get the thing wrong, I think at that point you are totally out, and the other right. guy gets to hear. You can, can't ever talk again. No, you're out Ooh. for that series. Ooh, can I click it now? <laughs> the misheard lyric is, I travel the world in generic jeans. I travel the world in generic jeans. If this is another Go-Go song... And that is 10 seconds have gone. I travel the world in generic jeans. You don't have it. How about I travel the world in the seven seas? I travel the world in the seven seas. And Ed Sullivan's singing it almost. Everybody's looking for something. Something about sweet dreams are made of these. Who am I? That's exactly it. You know it's the answer. Yeah. So who sings it? I don't know. Is that Stevie Nicks? Annie Lennox. Wow. She is the it's the Arismics. Oh, yeah. So. I get half a point. All right. We'll split it. All right. Split the difference. So you got now. one and a half. I get half. Sweet dreams. You still win. Are, sweet dreams are made of these. What, what the was the, what the, was the, the real misheard? misheard lyrics are sweet dreams are made of cheese. That's the real mm. misheard lyrics. You put the wrong lyrics no, in. No, I said I travel jeans. the world in generic jeans. No one's ever travel thought that. World, world in, in the generic. seven seas. I think you made Everybody's that up. You have to push the reset some. button. I know I could have said sweet dreams are made of cheese, but that would give you the answer to the song, wow. so I don't put that in. Just change how you say it. Sweet dreams are made of cheese. Yeah. The name of the song is Sweet Dreams. How do you change it? Just say like sweet and then wait 10 seconds. Dreams. Oh. Then we forgot that you said sweet. <laughs> Don't you even know how to Ed play Sullivan this game? I do it right along, right along as I did it while you were complaining how bad it is. Do Three you know how to play his dreams? Are made of cheese. Listen, <laughs> you're going to be singing it all day long now, so it doesn't. It doesn't I don't even, even like that. Song. But you're, but you're going to sing Nobody it all likes that song. I think you're going to be in Italy walking down the street Italy. saying, Sweet dreams, dreams are, are made of these. <laughs> uh, buying a existing cigar store as opposed to starting from scratch, there's. Uh, 
boy, going going through that process on Clubhouse uh, opened my my mind up. I'm actually interested in buying somebody else's existing store. I think I could do it very easily and grow it. I I did it with the restaurant. I did it with my own franchise. Why couldn't I do it easy this way? I think I could. Um, it has uh, collateral for financing. We talked about financing. How are you going to get money? Well, you're going to go to a bank and you're going to say, look at all this stuff they have there, including mm-hmm. inventory and all this stuff. And they may give you as much as 80% Whoa. of that money. Huh. And then you could say to the guy, hey, carry the other 20%. So you could buy it for, for nothing. So, no upfront because you don't have any money. So if it's two and a half times profit, you still got to compensate for the inventory on hand, right? It's not a separate part of the, it's two and a half yes. times profit and also the all, inventory. All right. the inventory, yes. Yes. Uh, you also need to, you really should analyze as part of your due diligence, the customer base, are, are they loyal? And, and we talked about this on Clubhouse. You really could just hang out in the shop for a couple of days if you're not already accustomed to it uh, and you get a feel for where the, where and, the customers are you at. you should do that. You, you know? absolutely should. You can't just take the person's word for it. Yeah. You, you spend a few days there and you're looking around and you say, I want, as I do everywhere I go, no, a restaurant, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. This should go over here. This should go over here. This, this. Oh, let me watch the employees, how they're interacting. How would you do it different? Look at the hours of operation and you say, this guy ain't open until 12 noon every day and he's closed on Mondays and Tuesdays. I'm going to open on every day and I'm going to open earlier in the day or stay later or whatever you're going to do. You got to plan. And you got, you got to assess your staff and management for their quality. Are they going to stay on after the transition? Do they have the skills to really perform well and be able to implement all of the new policies that you may have? And you're going to be working it yourself. And if you're not, don't even consider this. Absolutely right. true. Don't even. Uh, and then there's also legal and regulatory considerations for the town. Are those licenses transferable? If you're staying to the same thing, of course. Now, one thing is when you get a new store, you're going to say, oh, I want Padron. And then nothing happens. You're not getting Padron. You're not getting opened up. You're not going to get nothing. Oh, I want to get Davidoff, and I want to get Opus X. None of which you're going to get at all. But when you buy an existing account, if they have those accounts, you get them too. That is an asset, an unbelievable asset, because it may take you 10 years. It took me to get Davidoff, oh, my God, 15 years? Oh, and you heard hard nose. Yeah. 15 oh, years it took. Mean knows. Yeah. Laughed. Yeah. They laughed at him. Yeah. The guy didn't go out of business. He's selling his business. You have a proven model, obviously, and especially if he's in business for a long period of time. Easy financing, experienced workforce, tangible assets, immediate cash flow, established brand reputation. Growth Wh- opportunity. Why would I ever start from scratch? Mm. Like, you know, the best thing to do is buy a used car, not a new one. Somebody else took a major hit. Same goes for a house. You, you weren't on the call. No. And I had a whole thing on houses that I buy used houses. Mm. I've never bought a new house, but you did. Yeah. You didn't do it the last time. No. Because you did it before. I did it before. It's a lot of work. Crazy, man. And it's not like you could flip it after that and make more and money on it. The, the other part that equally applies to this is you go in with a budget, guess what? Yeah. Out it's the- always over. Yeah. You know, at least purchasing existing, you know. Yeah, it's, that's yeah, it's, a, it's a known quantity. Yeah. It's that is the price. Uh, you know, 38 years in. 
the clubhouse call <laughs> changed your world. It did. I'm like, why would I start from scratch? It's so hard. Yep. It's so much work, and you still have you actually have a much bigger chance of failure. Now, you did pursue one at one point in time. Yes, I, but they decided not to sell in the end because I was. I think it was well, you were so all of excited. Sudden, about I was interested. It. Yeah. And you know, I really wasn't. It was at it was at the end of the year, and I had met with the the accountant the day before. And you know, sometimes the accountant, and you've heard this before, needs you to spend money mm-hmm. uh, because you have t- too much profit came in, and you, you, you can't buy cigars because that's profit too. You have to. Then buy that's some, the that is yeah. the rub right there. It's not that you necessarily made all this extra money. You took the money that the business made and reinvested it into inventory, yeah. which the state views as profit. Yeah. So uh, if I ended up buying a car, for instance, um, that doesn't count as as a sellable asset. If I bought somebody's store, that doesn't count as a sellable Mm -hmm. asset. It's money spent. I could buy new furniture in the store, and that would be okay, too. And this is when you hear people talk write-offs and stuff. Yeah, you lost the money. It's gone. (laughs) You know, but at least you don't have to pay tax on that. So... uh, because it was fresh in my mind that somebody said, you interested in this store? And I said, you know something? I am. They took that as, oh, my God, I got something great here. But no, I explained the story of what it is. And then when I w- looked at the business, I made them an offer at that moment. I didn't look at the books. I made them mm-hmm. an offer at there. I go, without even looking at the books, this is what I'll give you. Because I already knew the number, what I had to spend. Yeah. So you wonder why I have a Tesla. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the backup plan. <laughs> yeah, because all of a sudden they said, "Oh my God, this guy's interested. We must have something here." Right. Well, you have the same thing you had before, and is the whole principle. And I think I just am understanding this right now. Is the principle behind a write-off that if the if you got to pay forty percent on your earnings and you buy something, you actually get a hundred percent of the value of the thing you bought versus losing forty percent. Correct. Uh-huh. And that's the reason you that's do it. it. It's not that you're really everything's on sale at forty percent at the end of the year. Right. If I can use it as a not an asset to the company, uh, financial asset. In other words, um, you can't buy more cigars because that becomes profit. But yeah. if you bought furniture, you get a hundred percent of the value of that furniture. Really, you saved yourself forty percent. Right. It's it's this crazy thing where people say, "Well, you should donate to charity because you get a write off." Well, no, it's just but you don't get a hundred percent of that value. It's just yeah. less expensive for me to give them the money. But if I wasn't giving it to them anyway, how, right. how is this helping? Me? Yeah, something's on deal for forty percent off. Because I'm going to give it to the 40, I'm going to lose to the government if I don't do it. So somebody says, oh, your chair, you should buy a $10,000 chair. Well, I would never buy a $10,000 <laughs> chair, and I wouldn't pay uh, 6000 for it no. either. So, no. No, you didn't even want to buy the chair I made no. you buy. And, and that wasn't 10000 No, and I love it. Life-changing, yeah. right? That's a great chair if you have to pass gas because you don't have to even lift up. It's holes oh, in the bottom. It just goes right out. Poof, right through the hole. Oh, it's the lumbar support oh, yeah. that feels good that if I sit there for a long period of time, I don't get up and, and hurt like I did the other leather nice chair, but it hurt. Yeah. I need lumbar support. You need support. support. I do. Yeah. I do. I do. And, and everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> and as I'm getting fatter and fatter up there, buy an existing cigar store or start your own. Buy a new car. And you have to pay all the shit and all the stuff. Oh, the new car smell and all the stuff. The best thing is to buy a- Certified pre-owned. 
You still get a warranty, sometimes better than the new car. You get a car a year, year and a half old, Mm -hmm. somebody lost 50% of the whole value of that thing. And you get to drive it for the next seven years for the other 50%, right? Yeah. The new house thing. Oh, you get to pick the size of the rooms and all this stuff like this. Everything's going to go wrong. There's going to be problems. (laughs) Forget that, too. It's a nightmare. Buy used. One thing we haven't mentioned as part of due diligence is you really should scout out your competition for the business that you're going to buy. If there were a cigar store available in the neighborhood of Two Guys Smoke Shop, probably not a wise investment. If if the guy's been surviving for, you know, he's there for 12 years and you're seeing his books and the guy's making $100,000 a year and he's looking for 250000 Right. And why is that bad? At, at least you know there's a lot of potential upside as long as you run a better shop than the other one. Right. You've got customers nearby. You just can't buy it and say, I'm going to do it the same way this guy does or I'm going to do it... Um, less hours, I'm going to work less because I'm a retired guy and all this stuff. Unless, listen, the, the guy's old and retired or sickly or whatever, and he's selling it cheap or the family is or whatever it is, <clears throat> you're buying on bargain, and 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 if you operate it correctly, it can be a money machine. Uh, I, I'm looking at other cigars. <laughs> would, you th- would you say that right now is a good time to buy? And the reason I'm asking this is we are seeing a dip in the sales numbers, we're talking about the boom is over. Yeah. But the reality is- The past two years was, were too high. They were too high. Yeah. But we're yeah. still, we're, if you draw a graph from 2018 to 19 to now, we're still in line on that growth cycle. So this is the right time to get in because may, maybe mm-hmm. shop owners right. are looking at their numbers going, oh my God, Start it's down from last year. Yeah, it's the right don't look time back, to sell, right? If you don't look back far enough- yeah. You don't want this year on the books. You want to sell based on last year. Right, right, right. Um, is it a good time to – well, FDA thing and all the things you hear there and stuff. And um, I, I'd say it's a, it's a good time. It's a, you know, I, I, again, it's a good time to sell, and, and it's probably a good time to buy too. Um, although, you know, people are going to say retail, do you really want – if you never was in retail and you're coming from a whole different sector – it ain't as easy as you think. It I is. actually think that if the books close in January, you you buy in January <laughs> because then you have this year's sales on it. You're going to pay less. No, but I want to save forty percent. Mm. I get a forty. No, no, I understand. If you I personally December. want to. I'm talking about someone who's never done this before. They're not paying forty percent. They're not in business. They're going to buy an existing right. business. January first, the price is going down because they're going to have this year in the books. It's going to be a down yes, year yes. compared to the year prior, yep, which was artificially high. Yeah, so it does matter if you are already in business, correct, or if you've never been in business before, which is most likely who we're talking. For you, you should be making offers right up until the first of the year. After the first of the year, maybe you wait. Well, the the guy ended up saying to me, "Well, we'll talk in the first of the year." I said, "You got two more weeks." (laughs) As a matter of fact, let's put a line in the sand and say Sunday is your last day, Uh, and then I'm making a move because I got to spend at least a hundred thousand dollars right away. And I didn't get the call, and I bought a Tesla. Yeah. And so you bought a car, and that was able to write off the thing. Why do I drive a Tesla? Why the car before that was a Cadillac Escalade? It has to weigh 6,000 pounds or more yeah. to be written off in as, one calendar as an expense year. in that year. Yeah. Correct. If it's anything less than that, it's going to be amortized over many, many years. And that's so, why you saw so many 
business hummers for correct. a while. Correct, right? <laughs> correct. So this is this is um, finance literacy. Those held their value too. Mm. Yeah, uh, be literate of the finance, and I know people bitch about um, somebody like uh, Donald Trump and say, "Oh, he." Is he, he lost in this corporation? He shut this down and all this stuff. It is the right thing to do. Of you know yeah. finance, right? Mm-hmm. He, believe me, he has lots of people around him. As he was a real estate tycoon, everything he did was a hundred percent right. There was not one wrong mm-hmm. thing there. I mean, it brings up another point. If you don't know finance as well, hire somebody yes. to help you validate. I, I, and I learned it from my accountant, and the accountant became a cigar smoker, and he would come up in my office, and when he did, oh, he wants to sit there. Oh, the accountant wants to come here. How, how come he's meeting with the accountant all the time? It was off the clock that he's <laughs> having a cigar with me, and I go, let me ask you a question. So you got some freebies always, in there. Always, yeah. always. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. And sometimes it didn't make sense. I needed to hear it three or four times. To really start understanding, like you just like did, it and just say, happened. Oh yeah. my God, that just mm-hmm. all right. I you've get- been saying there's no such thing as a write off. I've known you for 15 yeah. years, and you've been saying that whole thing, and now it makes sense. Yeah, it's not a write off. You're saving 40 percent on goods you would have had to buy anyways if you had to buy it. But Correct. there's people that buy things that they don't need, want uh, because they're saving 40 percent. It's ridiculous. Oh, you bought these picture frames. What are you going to put in them? I don't have any pictures to put in them, but they were 50 percent off sale. Yeah, but you got nothing to use them for. <laughs> Christmas. You buy pictures. Well, buy one, Christmas. get one free. Of the more you, you buy, the more you say. <laughs> yeah. Now, you don't need it anyway. In the, case of, in the case of appreciating assets like art, and if you use it as a decoration, yes. so you could spend $100,000 on a, a, a lesser-known Rembrandt, for example. Hey, you were in the Pert Almost office, right? Oh, my God. I mean, t- we're talking about... Um, collectible sports memorabilia, collectible stuff. That is decorations. Yeah. Those are decorations. He's got a, he's got a fortune. Oh my in god! Sports memorabilia. Now, how about that nice drum set he's got? Yeah, yeah. When you sell that business and you take your decorations with you, now you can cash out. That's when you get the money. Why you can't sell anything ever? Well, if you, you sell, sell it, your decorations, you, if if I, w- w- if that TV on the wall ends up uh, getting old, I want to put a new one. Can I go onto eBay and get rid of that TV and sell it? Yes, of course. Does that become income? Yes. Isn't that kind of the problem? Yeah, but it's not an asset on your taxes. Mm. It's a decoration. It, making money isn't a problem. Ta- the problem is paying taxes on. Inventory, yeah, and profit. And you can control what when you take the income, yeah, right? And so when you have it, losses. Yeah, if you have a bunch of losses in a particular year, then you can offset the losses by selling some art mm-hmm. or or decorations yeah, or whatever. So if I have, say, I have invested in stocks, and I have a stock that actually lost money, and I have too much inventory, and I made too much money, I can sell that stock December 31st, take the loss equaling what I would have made over here, and the next day buy the stock back. It didn't even change. It was one day. Interesting. This is calculated moves that end up doing it, and the people that aren't doing it, that's Hey, whatever. Yeah, it's out there, but you know, I end up, you know, buy it the next day and it hasn't changed. If it's the next year, 
December 31st, you sold it. Get January 2nd, you, of, of course. That's the line in the sand. That's the day you... What, and because you bought it for the same value, essentially, it why, doesn't... Why are so many things on sale on December that people, all these um, sales that the companies have, you know, I talk about Black Friday and all these things that happen. Isn't this interesting that this is starting to come? Because it didn't have anything you with a manager of a store and you're not doing the back end. But this back end is so, so important. Of- and interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes Fuck. all the difference in the world. But I may lot, not sleep tonight. A lot of entrepreneurs, <laughs> a lot of entrepreneurs don't understand it. Yeah. How to run the back end and what's going on, and it makes a big difference. We're talking legal stuff, doing everything the, the legal way, but you take advantage of everything because you know how to do it, how to move things around at that time. So how do we move things around? We move things around by saying next week on the Cigar Authority, we have Ed Sullivan going to Italy. So Chrissy is going to fill in for Ed. It will be the last chance to buy tickets for the New England Cigar Expo. Dan Davison, who uh, is on the Ashholes, is going to join us because he's organized the um, the New England Cigar Expo with me. We're going to give you more details in the last, last call on tickets for that. So if you're thinking about it, stop thinking, start doing. Uh, this is it. We're going to give uh, numbers and stuff to the caterers and all that stuff, and we're shutting it down. So we'll say, see you next Saturday. Stick the lid end in your mouth. You might like it. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.